Hey everybody, Jim Sam is here and welcome to the Kayaking Show live. As always, brought to you by all of our great sponsors. Scrolling along the bottom there, Seagar, uh, Seagler, Jackson, uh, Band of Anglers, of course, Ray Marine, NRS. Um, I got some new stuff from NRS arrived just before the show um, started here, so I'll be showing that to you on our next live show. Uh, pretty stoked on that. And... Um, Everybody's running late today. So uh, my good buddy, Jeff Herman, is going to be joining us a little bit later. Uh, if you are new to these shows, every Tuesday and Thursday, we air old episodes of the Kayak Fishing Show, uh, along with live commentary. Sometimes I can get somebody who was on that trip to join me um, on the live broadcast, but we always welcome, welcome all your questions, comments, and all that. It's all about just sharing our old trips and... Uh, having a good time. These uh, Tuesday editions are always brought to you by a band of anglers, our good friend Patrick Sabeel. Um, and every Tuesday he's coming in now. So we just started this new thing starting, I guess this is the first one, um, where we will go over a specific lure. So he's going to talk about, you know, where we kind of went over categories of lures before different brands of the lures uh, and now he's going to go over specific lures talk to you about um, that lure how it's designed and more importantly how to fish it so uh, we'll be bringing Patrick on here in a, in a second but also along with that there will be a discount code see it right right there um, and that will be good for the week and that will be on the um, hyperelastic dart spin, which is the lure we're talking about today. Oh, you know what? I forgot to draw the winner from the last show. So um, after this show is over, I'm going to draw the winner from last week, and then I will put that up because I totally forgot. Uh, like I said, we've been going kind of crazy. I've got construction going on at my house right now. Uh, Patrick's running around with his head cut off. He literally just showed up about two seconds before we started here. So uh Liam Young, how you doing, man? Always the first one to check in uh, watching over at Kayak Fishing Tales. And I do encourage people to watch on Kayak Fishing Tales, our YouTube channel, and subscribe. Because if you subscribe to that, you are much more likely to be notified of when we come on live. Pamela Worth, our good friend in Florida, loves the dart spin. Snook and Reds love it too. So with, wait, 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 I got to I gotta hit this one first. We love you from Romania. I've never had love from Romania before. I'm pretty excited about that. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Um, so with no further ado, let's bring on my friend, Patrick Seville. Patrick, how are you? Hey, doing good. A bit sweaty. I was running, as, as you mentioned. I, I literally arrived like 30 seconds before the, sto the, the show started. I got that uh, phone call that I, I must answer. So glad to be with you like every week. 
Yeah, and it's it's warm there. It's warm here. It's it's like eighty degrees here. So, you know, yeah. our thoughts to our friends who froze their butts off, and uh, oh, I see yeah. a lot of friends fixing a lot of broken pipes and all that fun stuff. So uh, I'm glad I don't have to go through that. So Patrick, let me. I'm going to check my email one more time. See if it arrived. It did not. So Patrick uh, was going to send me some video so we could have some video to accompany uh, the lure we're talking about today, which is the hyperelastic dart spin. Um, you know, I love this lure. You know, mm -hmm. I've caught about 30 different species of fish on this lure. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to give you the whole screen, Patrick. And why don't you tell us why is this lure so effective? What's the best way to fish it? How do you rig it? All that fun stuff. Sure. And actually, uh, for you guys and girls who are joining us, I want you to know that my good friend, Jim, was actually one of the very, very first one in the world who have some prototypes in his hand. And he was also one of the very first one in the world to have the final lure in his hand. So uh, he definitely know the lure well. And yes, I think he's done pretty well. So um, the original ID came a long time ago. And I, I like to share this color because it's a see-through color. So, the idea of the dart spin came to me uh, literally in my years when I was working with uh, Maps and Mr. Twister, which is already a long time ago, like 20 years ago, 17 years ago, something like that. The idea was quite simple. In fact, it was a soft plastic body. So we can rig a jig head, a white gap hook. I mean, really a lot of different uh, ways of rigging it and weights and uh, the benefit of a blade. So I know last week I went in a much longer <laughs> <laughs> definition overall so i will not go there this time but but the blades are very effective for a key reason when they spin in the water you know no matter the shape of the blade some like the willow like this shape you know is more the kind they, they stay pretty much on their axle and spin very fast at the opposite if you have a colorado it's a shorter but much wider blade they spin slower but much much more turbulence and in both cases, those turbulence makes what's called an underwater signature. And that's like when a real bait fish swims through the water, it makes turbulence. And that's how predator fish can feel the presence of a prey. Now, a small blade like this, that's pretty small, right? But when it spins, it makes so many turbulences, it mimics the underwater signature of a fish that's like six or eight inch long. That's why there's a lot of attractiveness by the turbulence. One may think that the flash are the more, most important thing. Well, it adds, but no, the most important is really by the test, by study of fish scientists uh, studying different type of lure and their action and reaction on, on predator fish, that the, the, the spinning blades just really attract very well all kind of predator. And that's part of why my good friend Jim Cox so many, about 40 different fish species. So. Having a blade together with a soft plastic body. So that soft plastic is a soft tough material. So the size I'm showing you today is the four and a half inch because I think the four and a half is really the most go-to. Um, I started with the five and a half and another week we will talk more in detail of the five and a half, but the four and a half is the most go-to because that's really a size you can, you can use. I mean, you see, if you see closer to my hand, you know, it's really not that big. Four and a half means the whole length from the nose to the end of the blade. And really, you can catch a wide variety of fish doing that. If you want to fish like Pam from Florida, who make a text uh, message a bit earlier, well, definitely the trout, the snoop, the reds, um, baby tarpon love 
this size. You know, you just can rig it on a, a small little jig head like this, and actually it darts when you retrieve with a darting action. You know, just jig the rod tip. Um, it don't just go up and down. It really goes sideways. And that adds a lot in the action. On the drop itself, too, the blade works all the time. So that little size not only can catch, you know, one or two pound trout, three, four pound reds, um, but also a 10 pound um, snook, but also much bigger fish, you know, can, can be really interested in that size. So that's why a uh, very important size to my point of view. Now, the soft, tough material that makes the body that material, I mentioned that, and I'm sure some of you were having a laugh when you hear that uh, the other week. I, I read about that material from a company who actually was making ironed bed mattresses. <laughs> so, <laughs> but when I read the article about the material itself, it came to my mind that it would be very interesting uh, to, to turn that material into something that I can make fishing lures. So overall, it's the it's family of soft plastic that are called the hyperplastics. And actually, that's why I call the, the brand hyperlastics. I remove the P in the middle, and also it highlight the, the lasting world you know, in the logo, because it does last. It lasts a lot. Overall, that, that same family, you will find some other great lure, like Zeman. They have in the same family of soft plastic, but the one they have is not exactly the same. It's a softer material, um, and it has benefit. They have a great product, so I'm, I'm a fan of Zeman. They, they really do great stuff. Uh, the difference, the key difference is this material is tougher, harder, if you like, and that allows for much sharper. So it's difficult to make sure if the camera can make the, the focus pretty well, but I hope you can see it makes much sharper edge. And thanks to that, I was able, in the design itself, maybe we'll see better in a painted one. Yeah, I think we, you will see better. So thanks to that, I was able to put holes and slots. So actually, when you want to rig the lure, you don't even need to hook the plastic itself. That means I like to wet the, the hook so you just slide better in the hole. So you literally just glide, and you don't need to hook the plastic because there's already the hole. And here, as you can see, the, this jig head. So you can use a regular jig head. It will work good. You can put a drop of super glue. I really like to do that a lot for intensive fishing, knowing that the bait may last dozens of fish. So it's worth to put a drop of glue. But you see here, one thing which I have a patent for, I have some jig heads and some, well, actually all of the hyperelastic lures, not just the dart spin, that have also those holes or slots underneath. So when you position the jig head, literally, you can see here, you can see the lead underneath. So it goes right in the spot. So you're sure 100% that you can properly rig the lure and make it ready to go and holding pretty well like this. So some of the key things about this guy is that we have a wire inside. I hope you can see that well enough. Yeah, it's very clear. So it's like a spring. So some may think, oh, I've already seen a blade with a spring and you just screw that in the plastic. Well, actually, that plastic is very tough. If you want to screw inside, I mean, good luck. You, you can, but it's going to be very hard. No, the patent we have here is that we put that screw inside uh, the mold and then we inject that plastic. And that's thanks to that, that really holds very well, very long lasting because of this being put inside. So not only it's long lasting, but it does one thing, which is a key reason why it catches so many fish. When the, the blade spins, it creates those turbulence I mentioned before, but then it creates stress on the swivel 
and that stress translates to the wire and it makes the entire body, and that's why we were wishing to have an underwater uh, video to show you, but the entire body have that kind of swim action and vibration, thanks to the spinning motion of the blade. So don't think that's just a, a straight soft plastic and a spinning blade. No, the whole thing is working, the whole thing is moving, and that really adds a lot into the attractiveness of this bait. So the four and a half dart spin, that's my today's choice. We have several options, the regular color that are just injected. You know, they come in pack of two. Here's the pro, the pro are painted. So those are duo packs, two piece. You can put on jiggets, you can put on white gapuk. They are actually great bait also to put on drop shot. Of course not if you just keep it because then that's gonna be like this, you know, but if you move gently sideways your rod tip, or if you have the, the, board, the board moving forward, and stuff like or drifting, you, you don't need much speed to have the whole thing working. And in that case, you simply hook uh, the bait by the nose. Another great thing, if you like to fish on bass bed, which, you know, start to, I mean, this is the case right now in Florida, and I guess pretty soon that will be the case in Southern California and some place in Texas, the, the bass will go on, on the beds. So not only you can use that white gap hook or that jig head and cast and retrieve, but because the body is buoyant, this guy will dive the blade first if you don't put a hook or because you still need to hook the fish, right? If you have just a single hook that you hook in the nose or in the middle. In that case, you can cast that guy. He will dive like this and typically the blade flutters on the drop. And once he's reached the bottom, that, that guy floats up like this with your, you know, for this guy, you have just a one zero give or take single hook. He will float with that. So now you can put it on the on the bed, and every time you give a gentle twitch, the bait will go up, the blade will spin a bit, and then put a slack line again, it flutters back. Very interesting. And probably the last mention I will have is that's the perfect size if you want to rig those on Alabama rigs. Well, I, you're talking about uh, on the beds. Uh, what I have done in a little bit deeper water is put a small split shot up above the swivel, just kind of pit, kind of squeeze it and pinch it up in there and then mm -hmm. do that hook in the middle of the belly. And then just that little twitch, it literally just goes, it, uh, you can really stick, get a lot of motion and stay right in that spot. I exactly. mean, it, it, it's very, very effective. I really like fishing it that way. And of course, the way I fish it more often than not is with the weighted weedless, you know, fishing it through the kelp beds, fishing it through heavy cover, uh, I mean, it's just a fantastic lure. Yeah, the, the fact we have that, that cut on the back means when you have a white gap hook, I don't have one with me right here, but when you have a white gap hook, you know, on a regular soft plastic, you typically will, will hook the point of your hook into the soft plastic itself, but then the soft plastic got tear apart very quickly. In that case, because we have the cut on the back, as you can see here properly, well, you simply push down the hook point. So the hook point is hidden in the middle of the back and it's totally free so at the moment the bass or calico or whatever bites it then it goes up uh, very freely and and hook the fish very well so you can leave the hook out if you fish in in a clean open water but if you arrive on a spot that needs to protect the hook point then just do it and the donkey rig uh putting two of them on one line super yeah. super effective you get that darting action like this <laughs> amazing i mean i love this lure like i said i've caught so many different species of fish on it and um, all sizes, just my go-to. Uh, one more time, uh, folks, if you are interested, we do have a discount code 
And that is right there. And that's going to give oh, you yeah. that 15% off all week. Also, uh, we're going to be giving away uh, a pack of these, like mm -hmm. a three pack. Is that what it was? Yep. I don't remember. Uh, to somebody who comments on this. And uh, we will draw that before next week's show. And today I will remember to draw from last week's show, which I forgot. <laughs> sure. sure. Patrick, Roy, comment on it and you win it. <laughs> yep, exactly. Thank you, Patrick. I appreciate Thank you being so here. And we, will, we will see you uh, next week. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Have fun. And stay tuned with the Kayak Fishing Show with Jim Simmons. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right. You know, like I said, always so much information. I mean, bring the questions because the guy's got more fish than anybody you will ever meet. So uh, if you want to learn about different ways of catching fish, particularly, obviously, on his lures, uh, that's an awesome way to do it. So um, Michael Torres. Oops, that was somebody else. Uh, looks cool. Is there any smaller? Yes, there there are uh, much smaller. Uh, here is uh, kind of showing up there. That's not really the best for this light. A, a three and a half inch. Uh, I've got a two and a half inch here somewhere. Let's see. Is this it? Is this it? Because I'll show you if it is. Yeah. So there's a two and a half inch. So you know you can see the size of that one. So yeah, variety of sizes. Awesome, awesome lure. So anyway, um, what we're doing here is, and I want to say hello to Michael because he's from our, where we do our shows um, or where we're shooting our airing this show. I'm having a hard time talking here. Um, so again, we air older episodes of the show. Uh, my guest here today has been on my show many times uh, because we have such a great time fishing together. Uh, plus the fact that he always was helping us set up shoots. This was a shoot that he helped set up, uh, probably came up with the destination. Well, I'm sure he came up with the destination and made all the connections and just did it for us. So, um, but we always had so much fun. The hard part has been getting him here on these live shows because he just works too much. And so we've got to get him to work less and come fishing with us more. So with no further ado, my very good friend, Jeff Herman. What's up, man? I'm so glad to be on the show finally. Yeah, I'm so glad. Well, combination of you work too much and I'm terrible about letting you know with enough notice. Hey, no worries. It happens. <laughs> what are you going to do? How's things in Texas, brother? You guys, uh, did you guys freeze up at all or? Yeah, man, it was pretty brutal. I'm not going to lie. We got lucky personally, my wife and I, we only had probably three or four hours of, um, like transient blackouts, but there were people without power for like three or four days and it was 14 degrees, 20 degrees. I mean, well below freezing. So it was no joke. Uh, we lost water for four or five days or three or four days, which was a, a miserable experience in and of itself. But people that lost power and water, um, just not a, not a something I would wish on anybody, but things are getting back to normal, uh, bright, sunny day. It's great to be outside today and just a, a, a good air, good, you know, weather pattern going forward. But yeah, it was no joke for a while there. How'd the uh, inshore fish do in your area? Man, I'm going to be real honest. Uh, Texas fisheries took a big, big hit. And I would tell anybody fish, fishing the Texas bays over the course of the next six months to a year, uh, it's time for CPR, catch uh, photo and release. Don't string them up, man. There were a ton of dead trout, ton of dead redfish. 
One of the saddest things is the snook, uh, which is a very warm water fish, had made a migration up the coast over the last decade or two since the last big freeze, big, big freeze, which was in the 80s. Um, and you could catch snook as close to my house as Freeport, which is 20 or 30 miles away. Um, and it's going to decimate, that freeze is going to have decimated the snook population in Texas. So I would tell everybody, please, please, please catch photo release for the next six months to a year. Let those fisheries recover a little bit if you can. So um, hopefully we'll get through it. Yeah, I've seen quite a bit of debate and finger pointing and st that on some of the uh, Texas fishing pages. People being called out for going fishing during this. And yeah, I, you know, when 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 temperatures drop like that, trout, redfish, snook, everybody goes to warm water, deeper waters. Uh, and so if you know where the warm, deep water is, it's very easy to go pull 20 fish um, out of a pocket of water. So it's just something you really shouldn't do. And um, again, because of the amount of fish kills that we're seeing, we definitely want people to practice catch and release as much as possible going forward. Don't get me wrong. I love I love eating fish. Um, I'm a big proponent of catch uh, them and eat them if, if you're hungry. Um, but right now is the time for catch and release. Uh, I, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I, I catch and release too. I mean, I love to eat fish. I love to eat tuna and stuff, but yep. you know, when you, when you have a fishery that's been so impacted, you know, it's not going to hurt you to do some catch and release unless, unless that's the only food you're getting. And right. there's not a whole lot of us that are like that. I don't think honestly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, it is your, your right to fish. The laws say you can fish and you can take yep. fish, but that doesn't always mean, it's the right thing to do at that situation. So right. ho hopefully everybody does the right thing and uh, you know, that fishery can come back because I know I've had some great fish in there and uh, it, it's a tough one. So, but on to sure. better subjects, more fun subject for sure. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I aired the first half of this episode uh, or the first episode, because it was two episodes that we shot. I aired the first one last week. Um, and so that was, I was when we were out at the outer K and I don't remember the name of the actual, um, outpost, um, that, uh, outpost K, what was it called? I don't remember. The out, I mean, you know, now that you said, if you wouldn't have asked me, it would have, it would have fallen off my tongue, <laughs> but their, their outpost on that little K Island was absolutely glorious. I mean, it is just a, a secluded, beautiful spot in the middle of nowhere. Um, and a great fishery. I think that's where we jumped a bunch of the tarpon. Um, yeah, that's and where we, we got tarpon. And like, I mean, it was, it's like you were on your own little private island. Yep. Like, it was yep. such a cool, cool place. Um, but Belize River Lodge, and I, I want to make sure I uh, pop that up here. So if anybody's interested, Belize River Lodge. Um, I mean, you talk about the vibe of that place. Um so, like I said, I used to guide down in Mexico to one of the oldest resorts down in Southern Baja. And it had that same kind of feel, you know, with old, old pictures of fish on, of guys fishing down there. And just, you just got this nostalgic feel to it, right? Well, it's, a, it's like an old world lodge. I mean, if you read about a fishing lodge from the 1930s or 40s, that, that's what you would picture in your head where you have the beautiful lodge everybody gathered around the dinner table after the days of fishing uh having cocktails and talking about what you caught uh, you don't see that that much anymore and uh when i met misha miles at the, the houston fishing show 
um, and I looked at their lodge, I was just enamored about the idea of being able to set up a trip there. Um, and it only got better when we met the proprietor, the original owner, Mike, and his wife, Marguerite. Um, I just, I mean, it's like a, like a story out of a, out of a movie. It just, you can't make that stuff up. It's a, it's a unique lodge and the fact that it's still available for people to go to. Um, you want to chase bones and tarpon and all the other fish they have down there. You, you can't find a better space to spend a weekend or a weekend in than Belize River Lodge. It really is pretty amazing. Yeah. Now you've been there a couple times, right? You, I don't remember if you went there before we did or after we did. I found out about it uh, before we went and then we all went down there. Um, I was kind of a crappy trip for me. I threw my back out the very first day of the shoot, if I remember correctly. Um, and so I went back with uh, a good friend of mine named Scott Knoll, Captain Scott Knoll, um, like six months later or a year later to try to, to get another fish story out of there. Um, ended up with a great bee story and some smaller fish, but no, no oh, big carpet. That's right. You got attacked by yeah. bees. <laughs> by killer bees. Yeah. One of the most messy. And I'm, I'm mildly allergic. So, and with no EpiPen. So it was quite a, a, a gong show. Um, but we, uh, we managed to, to make it through and, and had just a great time. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the food, amazing. Uh, yep. The sitting around for conversation because, uh, the old man would sit at the head of the table, you know, the just ruling the place. And you could yep. literally sit there and listen to him tell stories about the history, uh, his history in Belize and the history of the lodge. You could just sit there and listen and just, you don't even have to talk. You just sit back and listen. Yeah. Well, and the food that they served, uh, th there's a specialty in Belize called a fried jack, which is just a variation on a tortilla or a pancake or whatever, but those fried jacks, I still dream about them today. Um, I don't know what it is about the dough and how they made those, but those were just some of the best breakfast uh, treats I've ever had. And I'm sure Will Richardson, if he was around, would, would agree 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I know he was a fan. Yeah, but he probably wouldn't eat them now because he's all like Mr. That's right. Health yeah, that's food right. working out all the time. Oh, uh, my wife, of course, remembers Long K Outpost. <laughs> There you go. Thanks, Aileen. <laughs> Thank you, Aileen. Well, because she went there with me because we went again. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. You know, we shot another episode there, and which was 100% fly fishing, which oh, was right. really fun in 25-mile-an-hour winds. Wow. It's still, it's still a place I want to go back. I mean, it, we've had some tough trips, but it's such a cool place. And like I said, that Long K outpost, to me, I mean, I could just stay there. You put me yeah. on that for a month and I'd be happy. <laughs> well, one of the things we never did down there was try to chase Kubera snapper. And I think, you know, that's like a dream trip would be to go down there and spend like a week throwing at the mangroves to try to catch one of those giant snappers and pull one of those devil fish off of those mangroves. Um, and they're guys that go down there just for that only. They don't fish for tarpon. They don't fish for snook. They don't fish for anything else, not kuda, nothing while they're down there. Just those big giant snapper. Um, and that's, uh, that's something that, uh, would be a dream trip and long K outposts would be perfect for that. Yeah. Like I said, it's so, so cool. And I mean, everything about it, but anyway, so I say we get this episode rolling. Let's go back and uh, relive a few of these memories so we can actually remember some of it. Uh, somebody did ask what the name of the lodge was again. So there it is Belize river lodge and it's Belize river lodge.com. So let's, uh, air this episode. This week on the Kayak Fishing Show, we're still in Belize. We've been out at Long K Lodge, out remote. Oh, there it is. We're headed back to the main <laughs> lodge on the river, and we're going to still be chasing after more big fish. 
<laughs> it's going to be a great show. Stick around. Word to the wise if your mama ain't taught you. Don't stand in front of a man and a fish he ain't caught yet. Oh, the, the, the lodge I used to guide at, uh, Bill, was uh, Punta Colorada. And unfortunately, it is closed now. week on Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show. Jim is joined by the one and only Bird's Nest Jeff Herman for a week of fishing in Belize with Belize River Lodge. Belize has been on Jim's bucket list for years. With hundreds of miles of healthy mangroves and promises of tarpon and bones, the guys can hardly wait to get out in the water and fish. I think one of the really cool things about coming to Belize really was that it was so easy. Um, it kind of reminded me of Baja from where I am. In San Diego, a two-hour, three-hour flight. You know, I'm in southern Baja. To get to Belize, it was a, a two-hour flight from Houston. So getting here was simple. Uh, and the way they had this place organized, they met us at the airport, grabbed all our bags, took us on a, a five-minute drive to the river, and then a five-minute boat ride, and we were at the resort. I mean, couldn't have been easier. And then to get out here to Long Cay was a 45 minute boat ride. Um, just, but it was so beautiful. I mean, we were the mangroves and there were howler monkeys and going up the river, uh, just super simple to get here. Our uh, initial destination while we were here on, on the trip at uh, Belize River Lodge was to head to their remote outpost out at Long Cay. Um, about an hour boat ride um, out to this more remote area and just a beautiful little spot. I mean, you felt like, other than the fact that you had this nice little house, you felt like you were on Gilligan's Island. Um, and just, you could, I could totally picture myself just hanging out there, you know, just, I could have sat there all week just looking at the water and just relaxing. Kind of tough on the weather, but uh, the very first day we got here, the owner proprietor, Mike, we asked him what makes a good fisherman and he said persistence. Uh, and that's what we did. Even though we had tough weather conditions, we kept at it and ended up catching fish. It was all about persistence. We brought on this trip, uh, Jeff arranged the kayaks. We weren't really 100% sure what we were gonna need down here. So he sent uh, two Cuda 12s. And for me, he sent a Kraken. The Cuda 12 is a tried and true platform for kayak fishing. The Elite takes it a step further. It's got a bunch of great features this year. I chose the Cuda 12 Elite for the Belize River Fishing Lodge because there's a lot of flats fishing down here. Bonefish, permit, etc. This is a boat that paddles well, but you can also stand up, sight, sight cast, even fight a fish standing in the Cuda 12. So I figured it would be a great way to get after the flats fish down here in Belize. Problem was, actually what's kind of funny is um, the one piece of equipment, and I travel with so much tackle, it's ridiculous. The one thing I didn't bring was hooks because I was kind of told that we were basically going to be fishing artificial this whole trip, that there was no live bait fishery really here. So I 
didn't even bring it. And my plan was to bring a pack of hooks just in case anyway, and I forgot. So we had no live bait hooks. So with that, we started raiding my Sabule soft swimmer. So it basically was a giant worm hook to use on our live bait. Funny enough, they work really well. <laughs> Uh oh, brother. It's got a little tarp in here, not too big. I was kind of babying it. I had him right near me. I mean, I had him within feet of my boat within a couple of minutes of the, of the fight, and I just didn't want him jumping right on me. So I backed things off a little bit, and I don't know if I just lost enough pressure on it or what. I, mean, I felt like I had good pressure, but. That's typical tarp and hook throwers. Whew. Stay tuned. When we come back, the guys dial yeah, in the pattern. <laughs> with the bones and permit eluding them, they'll just have to settle with massive tarpon. That's a good way to settle, I think. That is, uh, I had forgotten about that, that little spot where they, you ended up jumping so many tarpons. I think I jumped one or two, but you jumped two or three and then caught a bunch of them. Yeah, I know um, I caught three um, yeah. for sure. And again, they were on um, Patrick. Are you, are you watching Patrick this weekend? Nice. Oh, he's talking to somebody else. Uh, but yeah, on the, uh, <laughs> I had no live bait hooks. So we used the hooks from my Sabeel magic swimmers. <laughs> it was pretty. So my wife thinking she is very hilarious. Look how nice you look with short hair and a trimmed goatee. <laughs> she wants this gone. <laughs> it will be. Doesn't like the Gandalf. She she doesn't like the Gandalf look, huh? No, no. And <laughs> let's see. Nicholas says Belize is a fisherman's paradise. Uh, yeah, and like I said, the, the whole place was was so so cool. Um, what is this? Zagrag forgot to say hi, Jim. Awesome. Hope I can buy some here in Sweden. Um, possibly. Buy them online and get them shipped. <laughs> and uh, Ronaldson says hello. How you doing, man? So I, I kind of uh, commented on this the other day uh, when, when I heard the first part. Do you remember that do you remember that night when we were out at Long K when we were in the rooms and in the middle of the night, wake up because our feet are getting wet because the yeah. rain is coming in sideways through the yeah. front door. It seemed like almost a hurricane and I had forgotten about it till you mentioned it, but yeah, that was something else because everything out there was uh, on generator power. So at like nine o'clock or, you know, whatever you call it, Caribbean midnight, when they shut the generator off and everything goes dark, it just becomes like you're you're just there with the sound of the wind and the water. And when that storm came in, it was like a freight train. And uh, just, I mean, shutters banging, water coming into the, the building. But I, I think we got the, the windows shut and everything was fine. But yeah, that was a, a heck of a storm there for 10, 20 minutes for sure. No, yeah, no, it, it was just one of those things. Like we just left everything open because of the breeze and everything was nice. And then I literally yep. woke up in the middle of the night because my foot was getting wet. And it was like 20 feet away from the front door, you know, off to the side. So yep. anyway, I always thought that was funny. Um, 
Well, I said another good story was, uh, oh, do you remember Will with the, um, with the drone? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he, he had talked repetitively about how he can't mess it up because there's a scotch penalty for messing up the drone. <laughs> I think he had it out of the, the suitcase for about 15 minutes when it caught a big breeze and clocked a tree. I don't know if it messed it up or not, but I know he was panicked. Oh, about no, that it, it, was, it was borked after that because <laughs> I told him, because um, he got it, I go, dude. And because I think we had literally taken the morning off or day off from fishing because it was so windy. So windy, and yeah. We were just hanging out in front. And he's all, oh, I got to get some footage of the lodge. And I'm like, dude, you might want to just not do that right now. It's pretty windy. Oh, no, it's got wind stabilization, yada, yada, yada. And, man, that thing went straight <laughs> into a tree. And the funny thing was, it literally, it hit the tree, backed yeah. out, and hit the tree again. And then just <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. So good. Yeah, so don't... Good. um. Don't fly a drone in that kind of wind. <laughs> Too funny. Well, oh, let's man. keep her going. Sounds good. Welcome back to Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show with Jim Sammons. This week, Jim is joined by Jeff Herman for a week of fishing in Belize. Flooding and cool weather has pushed the permit and bonefish that they came to target out of the mangroves. So, change of plan. Time to catch a few big tarpon. You know, I use live bait all the time, but uh, where these guys are, there are a lot of fly fishermen. And of course, they frown on live bait. I'm all about live bait. I'm all about getting something that that fish wants to eat. <laughs> you know, I want to fight a fish. I don't want to just tease them with a fly. So if we can get live bait, I'm going to throw a live bait out there. So I'll be soaking a live bait and also throwing the poppers. So let that live bait do its job while I'm throwing the lure and one or the other hopefully gets hooked up. That was cool. All these freaking birds kept attacking my lure, and all of a sudden a frigate flew in and started taking, looking at it. And I was just watching the frigate, and then just frigate out of the bottom is. I forgot about that. On the popper. Man, I wish we had tarpon where I live. He's just doing circles here. <laughs> now he's in front of me. But barely. Went left. Come Saturday night, seem like everybody knows when I'm a coming into town. They said you stop listening. He's right next to me. Right next, we're off my bow. Just kind of turning around here. Going down. Get going, I can't seem to stop. So you best be getting out of my way. Showing me my, showing me his belly. 
<laughs> well, I just got to be really careful here because normally you have a, I would have a big circle hook, but I've got a double treble hook. So I'm going to be really careful. I don't get one of those in my hand, but I want to be really careful of the fish as well. There it goes. <laughs> and I lost my popper. Take it. Had the leader in my hand. I just have to be super careful because I have two treble hooks swinging around. Got my popper. He's welcome to it. Boom! <laughs> Go, Jeffrey! When we return, it's the bird's turn to fight a beast. The best is yet to come. Yeah, you, you have a, a tarpon, a fish that big with two treble hooks in it, and you're trying treble to there's no place no place good to grab the fish. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna put your hand right next to it. I was I, I'm always paranoid about that. You know, just like or sometimes you'll get a tarpon or you any fish where the hook is exactly where you want to grab the fish. You know, you didn't get that good right in the corner of the mouth or anything. It's like no. Do you guys get yeah. Do you guys get tarpon where you are in Texas? Not this far north. I mean, they, they travel up this far. So, I mean, people do have a couple of spots where they'll, they will try to catch them. But you got to go a little bit further south to get consistent uh, shots at them. Uh, Port O'Connor is, is one of the local areas, maybe two hours south of Houston, where you can consistently target them uh, in the summer and stuff. But it's not a, it's not a mainstay fish in Texas, but it's, it's a possibility. Yeah, are you um, still mainly uh, throwing a fly, or do you just Man, whatever it takes? I'm, that's about all I'll ever throw these days is a fly. Uh, in fact, I tend I tend to still the only boat I paddle these days is the Jackson Journey, um, and I have an old Scupper Pro. But uh, the Jackson Journey and a and a fly rod is what what I go out with every time. So unless I see a tailing fish or I see a a trout hit something on top. I, I, I basically don't even blind cast these days. So it's, I still kayak a little bit, but I don't fish nearly as much cause I don't, I don't blind cast. I just take that fly rod out and look for them when I go. So. Yeah. There, there's definitely, I mean, I said, I never really got the big attraction to redfish, honestly, uh, the first yeah. few times I did it. And then the time that I went, uh, where we went, uh, with, uh, met up with Dean, yeah, uh, Dean Thomas, soul slow ride. Slow ride. And, and on that trip was the first time I'd ever truly, truly sight cast to tailing reds. And then when I saw that, it's like, all of a sudden you get it. You know, it's like, this is yep. so cool. You know, yep. trying, trying to be stealthy, try to get that cast in the right spot. And I mean, I've told the story before on that same trip is like, um, you know, we were tossing the tailors, tossing the tailors. And then I see this tail that's like this big come up out of the water. <laughs> and yeah. I got buck fever totally, you know, through a lure. I think I threw it 30 feet past it, you know, into a tree. <laughs> and I dry immediately dropped that rod and picked up another one because the other lure was in the tree. So I just like yep. grabbed my other rod and I cast it. And I think I hit that fish in the side of the head. Because it was like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, yeah. no subtlety, no nice, just like, bam, there goes the fish. Yeah, it's but, fly fishing, 
fly fishing 101 is not lining that fish as you try to cast at it. And I probably lined 20 fish for every one I caught the first, you know, few years I was fly casting, but it's sure there is a fun way to chase them. No doubt about yeah. it. And, and the, the bone fish here, um, we didn't really get it cause we had so much wind and, and I said, my next trip actually had a lot of wind, but at least we saw a lot more fish yeah. uh, and that was a hundred percent fly fishing. And, um, frustrating in the wind as a very much a novice fly angler like myself. Um, but I mean, it's such a great location for it. Yeah, for walking, sure. Walking that, that route, but people might not know is the reef, the barrier reef at Belize is like the second largest reef in the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, behind the great barrier reef. And I mean, you can just walk that we were walking it looking for permit on my next trip there. And it's just, just an amazing, amazing place. Very cool. I missed that spot. We need to go back. We need to call Misha. Yeah. Well, like I said, Mike is watching, so maybe he can put a good board for us. <laughs> I did hit play, right? There it is. Welcome back to Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show with Jim Sammons. This week, we're fishing in Belize. After a couple of days of slow fishing in the mangroves, the guys have pulled into the channels and are fishing with live bait and poppers for hungry, hard-fighting tarpon. So I paddled out there, um, was trolling a bait behind me, got bit, and just the power of that fish, immediately I knew it was gonna be a good fish. It came out of the water once and I saw it had to be 50, 60 pounds at least. And I'm just guessing it could have been bigger. Uh, fought it for a little bit on a tiny bass rod. So it made for a fun, interesting fight. Jeff, isn't this your song? It actually is. It's a band I played in in the, uh, in the, the early on. Maybe 10 or 15 feet. <laughs> after five minutes. But for those five minutes, that adrenaline rush, that feeling of power that's translating from that tarpon down to your stick uh, as you sit in your kayak, just you can't beat it. It's one of the best feelings in the world. Lo and behold, I get hit again. And just this big explosion. This thing just hit and screamed. I mean, it screamed off so much line before I even had the rod in my hand that I turned around just in time to see it go flying in the air. It's actually quite close already. There's my connection on my leader. Off my bow. If he jumps now, it's either going to be right next to me or in my lap. Direction. 
I bow to no fish. King bow to me. There he is. I uh, I wouldn't call it necessarily a bow what I do in the kayak because I'm already so low. But I do allow my rod to kind of tip down. So this landing procedure, when he goes belly up, you can pretty much be assured you got him. <laughs> Just come on, baby. So like I said, out of gear clicker on in case that happens. Keeps him from backlashing you, but you don't lose him. Oh! <laughs> and maybe he wasn't done. Wasn't quite ready. <laughs> Playing possum, Jim. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that again. Add a gear clicker on. Come on. <laughs> Boom! I like that release. <laughs> release i had my hand on the fish i had my foot on the fish that's totally a catch i just wanted to be really careful i didn't want to didn't want to harm him so i was going to cut the hook off anyway so i'll take that kind of release because it was cool <laughs> boom when we return the guys give the local guides a spin in their jackson kayaks and local knowledge wins out so if uh, anybody was noticing there i love that rod i was using um it almost had the action of a fly rod. It's quite long, which is great for throwing lures and all that, which was what I brought it down there for was throwing. But then once you hook a fish <laughs> and then you try to <laughs> land a fish on a rod that long on a big, like a tuna, a long rod just kills you physically. Um, but on fish like this, it's more when you go to try and land it, trying to land a fish. And it's like I said, the same kind of thing with a fly rod when you're in a kayak is manipulating everything so you can get to that line without almost high sticking and getting too much of a bend in your rod at the tip and breaking it. So done that a few times. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've seen quite a few fly rods exploded. Yeah. Um, so some, sometimes when you're, you get to the point where high sticking is the only way to try to get the draw the fish in, it's never ideal, but, I, I've done that once or twice, and it's not a fun thing. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, they said, and it's definitely more prevalent in the kayak because you're sitting down so low, yep. just trying to get it into that. I mean, if you're standing up high and you can manipulate the rod more to the side or whatever, but like I said, you're in that kayak, you just don't have that option. So, yep. um, like I said, I, I've seen a few rods uh, exploded from fish while in kayaks, and um, the main thing is keep your rod tip down if you can, but. I said it's that landing part that becomes so difficult. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember if that was an afternoon fish or a morning fish. That little segment where we jumped all those tarpon, but I've never seen that many tarpon in that small of a window because I think it was like maybe a three or four hour period. But uh, at the most, it was three or four hours. But I think uh, you caught most. three. You caught three. We both jumped some, and it was just. Um, I mean, a crazy little situation where there was just they were biting for for two or three hours, just so fun. So yeah, fun. and they, as I recall, it was because it, it was kind of flat, gradually went out, and then kind of 
dropped down to a little trough and the fish were like right along that edge. As I yep. recall. Yep, exactly. Um, yep, Timothy Weeks. Right. Timothy Weeks. Belize uh, River Lodge is a great time with excellent guides and hosts. We're planning on going back once everything gets going again. Yeah, I mean, it, I can't say it enough. It's just a cool place. The vibe there is just so cool. Um, they said, I mean, the old fly ta tying table um, off to the side of the dining room, um, kind of an honor bar. You know, you make your you make your cocktails and then that's right. And put a check down, you know, that you made yourself a, a cocktail. Um, and like I said, the, the communal dining room where everybody just sat together and told stories about their day of fishing was just so awesome. Let's keep her going. For fishing in Belize. After an incredible four days staying in the remote Long Key Lodge, the guys are headed back to their home base at Belize River Lodge. One more day on the water for Jeff to shake off the skunk. <laughs> Belize River Lodge has been an icon here for decades. Thanks, Will. Old school charm and decades of rich fishing history. The crew immediately feel like they've come home. Uh, I'm Mike Houston, and we're here at Belize River Lodge alongside the Belize River. Primarily, I've seen it evolve in the, in the last 30 years from play 80% uh, uh, spin fishing, 20% fly fishing. Now it's for 90% fly fishing. I always like to see somebody bring a spinning rod because uh, if the windy conditions or conditions are such that spinning rod is more uh, practical. But, you know, if a guy brings five fly rods and one spinning rod, I know he's very practical and wants to catch some fish. There's something special about going to an older lodge that's been around for just decades. Uh, I used to get the same thing down at Punta Colorada, down in Mexico. I mean, old, old pictures of guys catching fish, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. And when we walked into uh, Belize River Lodge yesterday, it was the same thing. Old, faded pictures of guys with big tarpon and bonefish and permit. Um, it just has a nostalgia to it that it makes you just want to sit down and have a rum and coke and just look at the water and feel like you're Hemingway for a day. Last day in Belize. Look how high that water is. Kind of kicking around some ideas on different things we can do. Crazy. Um, there's a spot that's supposed to be very picturesque, uh, but the guys aren't convinced there's much in the way of fish there. So we may swing by, just take a look at it. It's really gonna depend on once we get outside this uh, river and see what the wind is like out there. And then we may get back out to the uh, sugar bowl and try to play with those big tarpon again. Jeff really needs a tarpon. I, you know, I feel for the guy. It's this trip has been my lucky trip. I've, I've been in the right place at the right time and got some fish. And so far, Jeff hasn't managed to stick one. So I'm, I'm really hoping he can get on a good fish today. Our two guides on this trip, uh, Mike and uh, KP. Um, I called him Kingpin, <laughs> and uh, he was kind of. KP was kind of like the old master. Uh, he was the guy who's been guiding for 30 years. I mean, he's been guiding a long time, knows this area so well. Uh, Mike's been guiding just maybe three years, I think he said. And so he was learning a lot from Mike as we went and they were sharing areas that they knew. Um, these guys really knew the fishery, knew the areas. Um, 
but they knew nothing about kayak. I'm going to pause that just for one second, because I will say on our return trip, when I went, you know, a couple of years later, Mike was the master. I mean, he had taken over. I mean, the guy, I mean, he was cast in a fly like no other. And yeah. he knew the spots and, you know, going by the tide and the wind and everything. He had learned so much over the years. Um, and he is an awesome, awesome guy to fish with. I highly recommend if you go there, you know, jump on a boat with Mike. Yeah. we When I went back a year later with Scott Knoll, um, we had really bad conditions. I mean, probably worse than when me, you, and Will went. And they weren't great conditions when me, you, and Will were there. But when I went back with Scott, we had high winds. Um, just not a lot of, of great ways to go out and take a kayak out, but Mike knew the spots and knew where to take us in the kayak, uh, and put us on fish. Now, granted, it wasn't tarpon or bones, but we got a good bend in the rods by some really nice Jack Cravel, some snook, some other stuff. So, and that was all Mike's doing for sure. Yeah. Just, just a phenomenal guide and just nice as can be. I mean, the fact that he popped up here on this live show just to say hi, I mean, just a super, super guy. So oh, yeah. I just wanted to pause it there just to, to give him some props. Fishing. <laughs> but the thing is, they were gamers. They were just, they were up for it. We actually got them both in kayaks and they were just stoked on it. Um, actually, K KP made the comment. He goes, I forget this boat guiding. I'm going to start guiding out of kayaks because he had so much fun doing it. It's not very often that a guide wants to jump in the kayak. And Mike, particularly, he saw how much fun we were having. He's like, I want to catch a tarpon off a kayak. That looks so much fun. So he jumped in a kayak. Uh, and after we gave him some, some basic instruction, taught him to paddle with his paddle the correct side up. And, uh, you know, spent about an hour paddling around. Unfortunately, we didn't get him on a fish, but he was just having a ball. You could tell that he really wants to, to kayak more. Um, and then, of course, the old master KP goes, well, if he's going to do it, now it's my turn. And uh, he jumps in the kayak. And would you know it, he's in the kayak five minutes and hooks up. Uh, man, see the smile on his face as he was getting pulled around that first time? It was it was pretty incredible. Uh, it turned out to be a, a decent-sized barracuda. But, yeah, I mean, you could tell right there he was hooked. Of course, you know, when it only takes five minutes to get your first bite, that makes it a lot easier to get hooked. <laughs> gonna jump from pulling that big boat We're gonna do kayaking after this bringing my bait it's dead dead as a doornail and so i called the guys on the radio that had the bait i'm like because i was quite a ways away from them. i'm like hey guys can you can you bring me some bait um and i got the wrong answer which was uh no we're making bait you got to come to us and the last thing i want to do is paddle all the way back there but i had this dead bait and i think i made about 10 strokes and boom <laughs> tarpon will eat a dead bait and we knew that before so that's why i wasn't too terrified about throwing it out there and it's raining and boom is on and this one stuck and it was another good landing of a tarpon so um you know, I, I had my opportunities at uh, five or six tarpon on this trip and cleanly landed three of them. Uh, another one I got, I had on for a long time, but I had also hooked it on 40 pound test. So uh, that was a mistake on my, on my part. I had too light of a leader. 
Um, generally want to go 60 and up on the leader, 60, 80, 100 pound leader. So we went through a lot of leader on this trip. A lot of Seaguar fluorocarbon leader got chewed up by those tarpon and uh, that's a good problem to have. So the very last creek we were in, I mean, I gotta, gotta admit, it's been a tough week for me. I had landed some small fish uh, and even though I ran, had a nice jump on a big tarpon, I was bummed out at the last day. I was ready to get off the water. I was hot, I was sweaty. Uh, and I even I even asked the boat, I was like, you guys ready for beers yet? And the camera boat was like, no, not yet. Salmon's was like, no, we're going to keep fishing for a few more minutes. So we went around this corner and there they are. There's a, a rolling tarpon and you can tell it's a juvie, but it rolls and Salmon's like, Herman, right there. And I lob yeah. a, a, a cast over my shoulder and it lands pretty much spot on. Get a little bump, but I don't get a hookup. And then they bounce on the other side of me on the water. So I fire off the cast and sure enough, I get hooked up jumps out of the water i get two or three great splashes and they weren't big but i appreciate the guy saying hey man just one or two more casts because it was 11th hour uh and ended up getting a tarp into the boat at the 11th hour and that's always a good feeling good way to end the trip so great memory little bitty bitty maybe a silver jack is what they call it he was small smr bounced out of the deck of the boat they're uh they're just feisty when they're that small you can Pull them into the boat pretty quick, but they're like a ladyfish or a skipjack. They're just not going to sit still. Worn out from a week of amazing paddling in an incredible location, it's time to say goodbye to Belize. But we know we'll be back because if Jim and Jeff have anything, they have persistence and they know the best is yet to come. Uh, what a fun trip, man. Even though I forgot how rough that trip was, but that was just such a fun trip. The uh, the environment, the lodge, everything about it, um, just such a good time. Yeah, it just and good company. I mean, obviously we've always had a great time uh, fishing with you. Um, there was a comment here. Oh, uh, Nicholas, great part about Belize is that you can eat the tasty barracuda unlike a lot of places. Yeah, actually, we did keep that one. Um, K KP wanted it, so... Uh, yeah, uh, I know like a lot of places that like you said, they get that, what is it, trichinosis, some cicatera. Right. And you can't. Um, Frank say, is watching on Kayak Fishing Tales, another great fishing show, Jim. Thank you so much. I appreciate you watching. Uh, Jeff, I appreciate you, you know, making yeah. some time in your super busy schedule. I know you're in a lot more episodes. You got to promise me <laughs> that you can come back at least for the Uganda episodes. Yeah, no, I'll make space for the Uganda episode. I, that might've been a worse fishing episode than this one, as far as number of fish caught, but uh, that was certainly an, an adventure um, uh, and, 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 a, and a unique, unique trip. I'm so glad we did that one. So oh, by yeah, all means, I mean, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was a lot of stories. Um, oh yeah. A lot of stories. We should get Will on too. Just uh, get the three of us on there and, uh, because uh, that there was so much, I mean, it was cool. And like you said, the fishing was tough, uh, some negatives about it. But as we always say, it's those trips like that that always end up having the best stories. And there's some good ones from that trip. Absolutely. Uganda was an adventure. Um, what was the name of that lodge in the middle of the river that we went to at the very end? Um, I can't remember. Oh, uh, the, 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 it's where the, that, famous uh, whitewater spot was where all the right. guys came to train to the whitewater. The something, the hairy lemon. Hairy lemon. There you go. There is, I mean, everything about that trip that from the hairy lemon to Nile rivers explorers to the, the houseboat and the South African 
that had that houseboat. The whole thing was just enjoyable. Um, yeah. You know, like Belize River Lodge, it was unique. It was uh, it was an adventure. The cool thing about you know, I don't know that we could ever do Uganda again, but the uh, the cool thing is Belize River Lodge is still there. They're still booking trips. So uh, as soon as you feel and, good about traveling, book a trip down there, you won't be disappointed. Right. And they have the three kayaks we brought the first time, plus the two kayaks we brought the next time. Nice. Um, and two of those kayaks uh, are mayflies, and they actually have power poles on them. So, oh, wow. uh, so really, really good setups for people who are interested in going there for fly fishing. And I may as well throw it up there one more time for people who are interested it is BeliseRiverLodge.com. Uh, so, Jeff, thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Yep. All the best and all the best to uh, Lenny and um, try to stay warm. Likewise. <laughs> you guys stay safe. We'll see you soon, Jim. Take care. Take care. Well, thanks, everybody, so much for joining us. Like I said, uh, remember you have that discount code for where to go. There we go. Uh, the discount code to uh, get the hyperelastic dart spin. And somebody is going, somebody who uh, within the next 20 or actually within the next week who comments, shares, all that fun stuff will have a chance to win a pack of hyperelastic dart spins from a band of anglers. So there is your discount code. And of course, that is at a band of anglers.com. Uh, we will be back. Well, tentatively, we will be back on Thursday. Um, I've, like I said, I've got construction going on at my house still, and I've got a dentist appointment that day. So up in the air. But uh, at this point, we will be back here the same time on Thursday for one of our throwback episodes to the Ocean Kayak years. So I appreciate everybody who joined us, who commented, whether you're watching it live or watching it on our replay. If you're giving us those thumbs up and comments and sharing it, we really, really appreciate it. And again, you will be eligible to win. Until next time, if you're going out on the water, please always wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. Y'all take care.